Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Living a Legacy. And I'm going to introduce first our host, Eric Couch. Eric, how are you? And I know we hey, have we only a short little time with this interview compared to our longer ones. So introduce our guest. I know you're excited. So today we have Judge Janine Pirro, American TV host, author. Today we're going to be talking about her brand new book, Don't Lie to Me and Stop Trying to Steal Our Freedom. Judge Janine, welcome to the show. Well, it's nice to be with you guys. How are you? We're doing great. Great. Fantastic. Great. I got my sticker on my shirt right now that says I voted in Dallas County. So Fantastic. Um, I'm so you know, proud just, of you. I can't say which side I voted on, but we're working to drain that swamp. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Gee, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I'll be well, the I'll be the uh, I'll be the one that's not saying that. Go ahead, Eric, with your first question. Well, I gotta tell you, first of all, I love Texas and in fact I'm even in Waco, Texas on Sunday for a Faith and Freedom uh, coalition event. So uh oh, you great. Know, I'm I'm thrilled to be able to talk to you guys. So uh, all is well in the kingdom, uh, except Joe Biden is trying very hard to make sure that everybody ignores the fact that his son was running around Europe and uh, Russia and China and raising money on his father's name. And of course, that's all fake news. But, uh, you know, they're going to they're just going to make sure that everyone ignores it and that the rest of us stay in the dark on that kind of crazy times. Well, it is crazy, right? So, I mean, we've got we've got. When you say Russia hoax, now it's getting to the point of which one, right? Are we yeah. talking about the one where we had an impeachment? Are we talking about are we talking about the one with you know uh, what three is it three and a half million dollars, three point four million? Yes. I've kind of seen. Uh, either way, that's that's a chunk of change, right? Um, you know. So the question is, with you know having having had it proven that you know there wasn't a Russian hoax going on with Trump, and now having evidence. That, um, you know, that there is with, you know, the collusion and then, you know, uh, tapping Trump's lines and, and proving all of that, much less the most recent one. You know, what are your thoughts on why haven't there been charges and arrest or anything like that? And, and do you expect there to be? Well, you know, it, as you know, I've been a prosecutor and judge and a DA for over three decades. And, uh, yeah. the, you know, I, I'm disappointed like everyone else that there hasn't been a uh, a we've heard about over the last four or five years, you know, whether it's the Clinton Foundation, which to me was an organized criminal enterprise parading around as a 501c3 uh, charitable foundation, or the fact that Comey, McCabe, Strzok, and everyone else are still, you know, walking around free. And in the end, it appears that the uh, Durham, the prosecutor, is saying, look, I'm not going to do anything until after the election. Well, you know, that's really kind of you, but the American people are losing faith. And if I, you know, I can't lose faith because I gave too much of my life to the system. And for me to believe that nothing will come of this pretty much means that I spent 30 years for no good reason. So, you know, hope springs eternal. I'm trying very hard to be optimistic. I think the Department of Justice is trying very hard to make sure that they do something, you know, that doesn't appear political. But uh, it, what the Democrats did with uh, the president every day incoming and lying to us, which is why I wrote the book, Don't Lie to Me and Stop Trying to Steal Our Freedom, indicates that they'll lie and lie and yes. lie and there's no accountability uh, and, uh, you know, I just, it's, it's frustrating and I know it's frustrating for the president and, you know, he's got to, he's got to wait for the department of justice to do what they're going to do. And if they say they're waiting until after the election, well, you know, he, he doesn't have much choice. It's a travesty of justice yeah. to know that. And Eric, that frustrates me beyond belief and I know it does you because again, another right. thing that 
Biden has lied about. We all know about Biden lying on debates with uh, Governor Palin back in the day when saying he was at a certain restaurant that was closed for eight years. So we know he has that ability to lie. Well, Well, without a Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, okay, changing the subject a little bit, but not really. This is a question brought up by by a friend of mine. I I post questions on Facebook of when we're going to interview someone and ask them, and I thought this was a really good one. A lot of other people did as well. So um, Jeremy said, I think there's enough sensible law-abiding people on both sides to prevent any kind of – any sort of catastrophic unrest. But but what are – what are uh, Judge Pirro's thoughts on the talk of civil war after the election and what potential legal consequences could be used against those in office who encourage such an uprising? Well, you know, it's a frightening thought, and it, it is a very – yeah, it's a very sobering thought. Uh, you know, when I interviewed the president a few weeks ago, I, I said to him, you know, there is talk of a great deal of uh, – um, anger in the event on election night, uh, you win, or even if someone isn't uh, uh, announced as a winner. Uh, and he said to me, we'll tamp it down right away. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, we'll tamp it down. When I pushed him again, he said, insurrection, Janine. Uh, and insurrection is very, very clear. It yeah. is the, uh, you know, it is using uh, everything within his power to make sure this ends. Look, the president is not happy. I know the president for over 30 years. He is not happy with what's going on in this country. And as the Democrats, you know, lie to us and, and shut the country down, uh, you know, they're, they're also, you know, locking us in our houses and, you know, opening the borders and then defunding the police. And then they want to take away our guns. Well, none of that works for me. And I suspect none of it works for people in Texas either. But no, the, the, even the, though the, all of us had a horrible boating accident and our guns are at the bottom of a lake. But, <laughs> um, well, the, the truth is that he is frustrated with this, and, yeah. but he will put it down. Right now, it's the Democrats who are in charge of the chaos. Joe Biden is nothing more than a Trojan horse for the left. He is he's in he's in favor of of, of the Harris administration. He said it himself. And the, yeah. Kamala Harris said the Harris administration. Sometimes when you say who you are, you need to believe people when they say who they are. Right. So I think the president, you don't have to worry about it on election night or any night after that. Then it's, you know, it's no more games at that point. The left wants to blame it on the president. And I think the American people are smart enough to know that this is these are the anarchists, the socialists, the Marxists, Black Lives Matter, the organization that want to tear down everything about America. We can't speak freely. If you speak in a way that's not politically correct, you can lose your job. You know, if, if exactly. you know, they let us buy booze and drugs and, and weed, but you can't go to church. Well, who are you to tell me exactly. I can't go to church or synagogue or a house of worship is none of your darn business. And then Kamala Harris says the Constitution doesn't stop her from confiscating our guns. I mean, these people hate America. The people who are burning down the streets and they say anti-America, you know, chop, chaz and all that. This is these are not people who love the country and love our flag. You know, so it's interesting when you're saying all this stuff, because when I hear this, I say I'm trying in a lot of ways not to say certain things, Judge Neen, because I have uh, I have a business. Plus, I have all this radio stuff and I am not like to the point where I can speak my freedom of what my freedoms are, what I truly believe. And it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because we used to have dialogue, Republicans and Democrats. What has happened, Judge Jeanine, with that? Well, what has happened is the left has decided in a very short period of time what is permissible and what isn't. It's no longer about negotiation and dialogue. You know, if you recall, it was just over four years ago that Bernie Sanders said, I'm a Democrat socialist. And everybody went, oh. But now, four years later, everybody's a socialist, you know, and that shows you how quickly. And by the way, this didn't all just happen with George Floyd on May 25th. By the way, when America came together and said never should that kind of thing happen again in this country, never. We all agreed it was a beautiful moment. And then Black Lives Matter, the organization came in and they started burning and protesting. And if your business wasn't shut down from the pandemic, it was shut down from the protest. We have to be able to go to work. The left doesn't want us. This is a very clear division in this country. The left doesn't want us to work. They want us hidden in our in our, in our basements. They want to give us a little pittance, tell us when we can go to the supermarket, watch the news, and uh, you know, open the borders and, and 
make sure there are no police around. Huh. This is socialism, guys. Yeah, it's it, here. Yeah. The divide is crazy. It is All right. Here. All right. Next question, Eric. So as we are as we're looking at, at everything going on right now, one of the things that you just mentioned a minute ago was, you know, taking guns. And and when I was looking at Biden's website, it specifically says, you know, in the section about guns and it says, you know, they they could take guns or they restrict guns, but it says if you ever receive a not a felony, but a misdemeanor hate crime, which is still a very loose definition, that that not only if you had a misdemeanor hate crime, they could they could restrict you from getting guns, but it says they can also take your guns away. Yeah. What's the legality of that? Because well, hate crimes can be it's a very loose de- if I decide not to do business with someone that's that could be considered a hate crime. If I say something that's in opposition, that's now called a you know you're racist and you hate people. No, I just disagree. Well, you know what that's going to require. That's going to ha- require the courts to make a decision, and that's what the left is counting on. You know, the left is counting on doing something that is blatantly unconstitutional and waiting for the right to take it up the line and make sure that a court rules on it. In the meantime, they are the ones who are in charge and making all the rules. And we just saw the Supreme Court come down and say that uh, Gretchen Whitmer was wrong when she tried to close down Michigan and that Wolf was wrong in closing down Pennsylvania. And they're doing the same thing with this so-called hate crime. You know, I don't know if that's so unvague, constitutionally vague, that it's that it's impossible to really apply it. And unfortunately, if they make an arrest and they and there's a DA who prosecutes you, then you've got to go through the time, effort, and money of appealing it. You know, they have everything up their sleeve. It's like good old Nancy, poof, saying <laughs> we have more more arrows in our quiver. You know. I've right. never seen anything like it. If anything, the Republicans need to learn how to fight the way the defendants do. Defendants, listen to me. The Democrats do. <laughs> uh, that those Freudians for sure. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I think Donald Trump, look, I've known the man for over 30 years. This is the kind of guy who goes in the lion's den and he comes out with a pelt over his shoulder and his tie straight and asks, where's the next den? I mean, he's incredible. And the Republicans should learn from him. They should learn how to fight instead of, you know, the uh, who's the Marquis of Queensbury, you know, everything all polite while they're there with shotguns and machetes. (laughs) All right. Eric has a quick question for you. Legacy question. And then uh, we'll be able to wrap this up. Go ahead, Eric, with a legacy question for Judge Janine. Yeah. So, Judge Janine, when it's when it's all said and done and you're looking back at your whole life. How do you want to be remembered? Uh, it's an interesting question. No one's ever asked me that. I want to be remembered as the person who fought for the underdog. You know, as a prosecutor, I fought for, you know, battered women. I started mm-hmm. the first unit in the nation and abused children. And, yeah. you know, my television career, I fight for the everyday American uh, who isn't part of the, you know, sophisticated uh, swamp in Washington, the people who work hard and pay their taxes. Yeah, I fight for the underdog. I always have and I always will. Love it. All right, and Love we can purchase it. the book at all finer bookstores, right? Especially online, Amazon and all that, right? Judge yeah, Janine? don't lie to me and stop trying to steal your uh, our freedom. And here's the good news. There are footnotes all over it. So if you get in an argument with someone, go to the footnotes. I hate them, but I learned to do it in law school when I was on law review. So the yeah. footnotes give you an upper hand. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, because it's not just an opinion. Here's, yeah. here's where I backed it up, right? Yep. Got the facts to back it. All right, guys. Perfect. All right, thanks. Okay. All right. All right. Take right. care. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank Bye-bye. You, Judge. All right, see ya. Thanks. Okay, guys. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K through 12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensex Enterprise-level video management software, Perspective EMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. 
The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit lensec.com. And now back to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Rob Rosselli Show. And I'm excited to welcome to the program Rob Rosselli. Rob, how are you? And, you know, I am really uh, excited to talk about this topic because it's something that we forget about when we keep printing money, right? And we keep uh, asking for bailouts. Well, that's that's the whole, that's the crux of the, quote, Federal Reserve System. I mean, it, it's a scam from the onset, I mean, the name itself, Federal Reserve, it's not federal. It's a consortium of privately owned banks that actually run the thing. And I still can't figure out who actually owns it. I mean, according to some sources, I mean, the, the big banks, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, some foreign, some European and some Middle Eastern banks actually own the thing. But nobody really knows for sure. But the point is, it's not the federal government. So the word federal is a lie. And then the word reserve is a lie because there's no reserve. It's, it's, a, it's a system of perpetual debt. It was started on Christmas Eve in 1913 when Congress, the scallywags in Congress at the time, signed it into law in the, in the, during the holiday season. And all of a sudden in 2014, you had this new private bank basically issuing money creating money out of nothing and, and loaning it to the federal government of interest. I mean, it's as bad as it sounds. So when they say the Fed and all these news organizations say the Fed or the Federal Reserve, the name itself is, it, it, it's a lie. And and mathematically and logically, it has to come to a breaking point. And that breaking point may, may be sooner than people want to think, but you, you just can't have a system of perpetual debt and, and have it go on forever. It's just not mathematically possible. Now, what that breaking point is, you know, psychologically, when people lose faith in the U.S. dollar or whatever it is, it will happen. So that's basically the Federal Reserve System in a nutshell. Uh, you know, and you go to Proverbs 22.7, you know, the rich rule over the poor and the debtor is slave to the lender. So not in theory, but in reality, we're all debt slaves to, to the Federal Reserve System because that, that's our monetary system. And the big, the original people behind it, the big bankers, the usual, the same names pop up. J.P. Morgan and Rockefeller are the two main ones that started this whole thing. Right. And in my mind, yeah. it's, it's yeah. essentially, you know, you know, Rothschild of Europe was another big name that was involved. He had some interest, Warburg, uh, the Warburg family, okay. So basically, it's, I don't know what else to say. It's a scam. And it, actually, you know, what were you going to say? No, it, so it's, an, it's, an, it's a scam, what you said, but the fact is who benefits from printing more money? Well, whoever whoever the bankers are that, that own it. I mean, the private bankers. Everybody talks about Everybody else is talking about who's in debt. The world's in debt. All these countries are in debt. Greece and all these European countries, United States, the tune of $23 trillion or more online and, and $100 trillion plus if you count, you know, future obligations like pensions and Social Security, quote, offline. Everybody always talks about who's debt, but who's, who's this debt owed to? And it's, and it's owed to the owners of, of, the, of these banks, the Federal Reserve System, the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, which are just offshoots, basically, of the Federal Reserve System. Whoever owns it are the, are the, are the beneficiaries of, of it. So who knows? I mean, it, it, it's a big mystery. It, it's an enigma wrapped in a mystery, and who knows really who owns it. But I can tell you this. I mean, just, just yesterday I saw a commercial about gold and silver, how gold and silver are going to outperform stocks. And, you know, what they're really saying is because there's so much money printing as of late to float the economy is that the relative value of gold and silver are going to go up. So in other words, as, as you print more dollars, this is just common sense. Right. It's like monop becomes like a game of monopoly. The more money you print, you print more dollars. You're diluting the value of the dollars in existence. 
And that's what's happened in the Civil War that happened in Germany, where they they devalued sure. the money so much, meaning the Confederate dollar, the German mark back in the time. Those two, uh, what other ones could you, there's other ones I'm probably in the same thing where civilizations have fallen. Well, yeah, and then the Weimar Republic's the most recent or the best example we can think of of what happened. And they, they, they were filling, filling wheelbarrows full of, full of German marks just to go buy a loaf of bread. I mean, now they call it, these days they call it helicopter money, Ben Bernanke. I mean, that's the name that I've heard. But yeah, let me tell you this. I mean, just, just going to the store this past weekend, you can see, and if you've heard the term, I don't know if you heard it, shrinkflation. I mean, even, even things like cereal, you go to like the boxes of cereal, you used to get this big box of cereal for like, you know, a few bucks. And now they got these little boxes and they're charging you the same amount of money and they're trying to hide inflation through through different schemes i mean that's just one i mean that sounds kind of inconsequential cereal but it's just an example of what's going on i mean people are you're starting to see the cracks of inflation in, in the supermarket and, and as, as i just mentioned in the gold and silver prices so you know what what trump's doing and you know and how, how trump's fitting into this whole mess i know trump knows about the federal reserve system he's got a picture of andrew jackson hanging in the oval office and andrew jackson just happened to be the only president in the united states history to, to pay off the central bank because that's what it was called back in the you know 1800s I and mean, today we call it the federal reserve but i don't know if they teach this stuff in history class anymore probably not i mean they're too busy worrying about you know who owns slaves and, and, and this sort of thing and not that yeah. that's not important, but you, know, you, you get yeah. the point. But yeah. They don't teach basic history. But Andrew Jackson is the only one who ever paid off the national debt. So what Trump's going to do? I, I don't know. I don't know if Trump can do anything. I mean, he can he can cut taxes and and do some things that are that'll help temporarily. But the overall point is, you, you got a system of perpetual debt that that really needs to be gotten rid of. And Which... I don't see how we get rid of it at this point. We're so dependent on all them all this quote, easy money and free money, and so many people are dependent on it with the welfare and the endless wars and all this other stuff. I, uh, I don't know. So, yeah, again, we, you know, website, yeah. the website, boxofsunglasses.com, and, you know, God's simple salvation plan, um, you know, is, is the best I can do at this point. Because um, when this thing busts, and mathematically, as I said, it must bust, it, it's, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be a bad scene. Um, and it's, you know, hyperinflation and, mm -hmm. and who knows what else who knows what's going to go on but you know just just watch these commercials you're starting to see these commercials about gold and silver and about the debt and, and just just as a just as a point i mean we go into debt literally every, every year to the tune of i think the annual federal budget's like 3.6 trillion and only like half of that comes from taxes from tax. The other half is printed up. So mathematically we go into debt several billion dollars, billion with a B a day. Yeah. The government does. So, I mean, how long can that be sustained? I mean, you know, I forget know. all the experts, forget all the Harvard university experts. It's common sense. I, I, I don't know. We'll have to find out. So box sunglasses.com. Rob, great topic. We'll, I'm sure we're going to, Touch more on the Federal Reserve uh, next uh, next program. So I appreciate you coming by. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll look into things a little, little bit more specific statistics uh, that I can come up with. But uh, it, it's a bad it's a bad scene. But anyway, okay, awesome. And don't forget the books are available on the website, and it's the same cast of characters: the American Genocidal Complex, and and anyway, we'll uh, we'll get to those in the future. All right, boxsunglasses.com, Rob. Thanks for coming by. I know. Thanks. All right, guys. All right, guys. That was the Robert Sully Show, guys. Take care. We're back to the Neil Haley Show. And, you know, every during this COVID-19 crisis, people are missing out on the one thing. Families are being broken from this quarantine. More and more addictions are occurring. More and more people are not confident in their lives and don't know where they're going. Many people are anxious and worried, but my guest today, spiritual addiction expert and Christian addiction expert, Reverend Wynn Henderson, MD, has the answer 
and this is just going to be one of our short programs we're going to have, but he could kind of tell you how he can cure any addiction. Reverend Wynn, thanks for stopping by. Uh, Neil, it's great to, uh, to be a part of your, your syndicated uh, broadcast. And I want to say that I've been working on this for over 30 years. And the answer to any addiction, and, and I talk to people about over 30 different addictive problems, the answer to any of them is a spiritual treatment program. There's over 1,400 programs in the country, some charging up to $80,000 for a visit to their, to their facility. And yet, my program has a higher cure rate than if you spend $80,000 to try to get cured. And you can get it uh, through my book, Freedom from Addiction 3, on Amazon for about 12 bucks. So we're going to give you some information today that uh, will help you get started on a spiritual cure for addiction. Yes, absolutely. And uh, it's let's go and talk really quickly and just focus on anything. Let's talk about depression right now. Yeah. Are there underlying causes of depression? Well, there are about 20 different symptoms associated with being addicted to something. And uh, depression uh, and anxiety are right up there at the top of the list. You can uh, find out these 20 symptoms see how many of them that you have. The more symptoms that you have, the more likely it is that you're addicted to something. And um, so that's, that's in my book. And, and also you can go to my website to get that information. And the uh, website is www.revwinhendersonmd.com. But, uh, like I said, you can, you can find out from yourself whether you're likely to be addicted to something. And my definition of addiction is if you have a behavior, any behavior that you find out is hurting you or that you find out is hurting someone you love and you can't stop it for whatever reason, then you're addicted to that behavior. And it's my goal to give people the information that they need so that they can stop their addictive behaviors. Wow, you know, uh, so, so, so um, important uh, to look at those things because we cannot stop serious addiction without looking at what was the reasons that caused those. And that, and you're taking a Christian perspective spiritual perspective unlike a lot of these facilities that look into just science right or not even science they they look into a non-spiritual treatment basis and that just doesn't get the job done and that's why they have so many people go through their program and then come back and do it again and again is because they don't have the answer all right. Well, yeah, that's a great uh, information. People could find you really quickly by going to your website, right, Wynn? That's, that's true. And even faster and more important, uh, my podcast is free. They can go to www.freedomfromaddiction.libson, spelling Libson, L-I-B as in boy, S-Y-N.com no spaces between the words and no capitalization that will take you right to my most recent podcast then you can scroll down backwards and see over 200 podcasts on every type of problem that you might have and listen to the ones that you're interested in and then subscribe to it and they will let you know when i have a new podcast out with truth just below the surface Fantastic. Thanks for the short uh, introduction of this topic matter and look forward to covering specific addictions that have occurred during COVID-19 and ways 
even from the privacy of your own home, you could be cured of that addiction. So I appreciate you coming by, Wynn. Thanks, Neil. All right. You're listening to Neil Haley's show. We'll be back in just a moment. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download. Free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show that's syndicated all over the world, and Freedom From Addiction, Truth Just Below the Surface, that's on Lipson and all syndicated channels as well. And I'm always excited about the simulcast, but it's because when brings us COVID-19 breaking news. I And this is not CNN. And, you know, that's the thing I love about the show is that we get information before anyone else talks about it. QAnon certain COVID-19 treatments. We talked about hydroxychloroquine before anyone else did. So I'm excited to welcome to the program my co-host, Reverend Wynn Henderson, MD. Wynn, thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Neil. So for my audience and for Neil's audience, it's a pleasure to have you listening to the show today. It's my sincere desire for you to get something from it that will make your life richer, fuller, and in this time of coronavirus pandemic, Cypher. Uh, I am Reverend Wynn Henderson. As an ordained Christian minister and a retired medical doctor, I have a dual perspective to bring you content to solve problems in your life. Freedom from Addiction and Share Your Mission is the longest running single hosted and produced spiritually based radio internet talk show in the country. We've been uh, broadcasting continuously for the last 20 years. And uh, primarily we started out with sharing your mission in life and how important that is. Then we brought on how we can get over over 30 different addictive behaviors. And now we are doing investigative journalism to bring you truth below the surface, what you won't hear on the major news media and other platforms. So today, we are going to do the second in a series of podcasts with Dr. Mark Hayden. He's a medical doctor from the University of Alabama. And in the last segment, we reviewed his biography and talked briefly about, at the end of the program, about the role of pepsid and melatonin in COVID-19 treatment. In this part two, we're going to talk about the concept of intestinal inoculation as a preferable alternative to intramuscular vaccination, which we've been waiting on forever. And uh, we may get it, we may not, but of the 300 different types of the vaccination programs, Dr. Hayden is gonna tell you why this is not preferable. So Mark, uh, it's nice to have you back on the program again. It's great to be here. So I would like for you to start off by a brief review of your concept of inoculation, and you can define it, as a preferable treatment for COVID-19 as opposed to waiting around for a intramuscular vaccination. I, did, I graduated from UAB in 1986, and UAB is involved in some research, and we'll go over that later. I do want to make sure that I'm not working for UAB at the present time. And most of the research I've done has been sponsored on my own based on virus that was community acquired. Um, we wanted to talk today about uh, the concept of inoculation as preferable to 
intramuscular vaccines. I'll give you a little background. When we call an intramuscular vaccine, we call that a shot. And we're all used to taking our kids to get the measles, mumps, rubella shots when they're little kids. The little kids scream because the needle goes in their arm. Those are IM shots. When the COVID pandemic came out, uh, the, the government had a lot of money and they gave out billions of dollars for all these vaccines and almost every last one of them, almost all of them, were intramuscular vaccines. That's where you get a shot in the arm and billions, literally billions of dollars of taxpayer money were spent on these shots. But there has been no proof to date that those shots actually protect the lungs of people who are inhaling the virus down to their deep lungs. So the efficacy of all the intramuscular vaccines has not been proven. And what you've not seen candidly from anybody at the CDC is we've proved that the intramuscular vaccines actually work. And, and that, that has not been the case. But what we do know is in countries like Sweden that let it had, you know, uh, less restrictive, no severe lockdowns, that those people have acquired largely immunity. And in Sweden, the virus got everywhere. It got on their food and those people acquired an immune defense. But what I want you to take home today is COVID disease is really a scenario. It's a scenario where you can inhale a particle into deep in your lungs and it can multiply. And then you exhale it up to your mouth and swallow it. And then it reaches your intestinal tract. And when it reaches your intestinal tract, that's when you really mount your best immune defense. So the concept of inoculation is taking instead of exposing our lungs, our deep lung tissue to the virus by accident, let's just go ahead and expose our intestines so that we can develop an immune response. We actually have live virus in vaccines that are taken orally. Polio, you can actually take an oral polio virus, which is a live virus or it's attenuated, but it's still live and you can take it by mouth. Well, it turns out that even though the, the listeners have many of them, perhaps even large portion of them, have already eaten some SARS virus on their food. I like takeout. I eat takeout all the time. And so do many of the listeners. People at the takeout place have SARS. They breathe it out on your food. And guess what? They're not coughing in your face. They're not breathing on you. But the virus gets on your food and you eat it. But the good news is when you're eating that virus, some of that virus is making it to your small intestine. And so what happens is you're exposing your small intestine to small amounts of virus in the community and gradually you're picking up immunity. And that is one of the explanations why the death rate keeps going down. And, in, and that actually worked. That's called almost, that's a form of herd immunity if you want. That explains why even though Sweden had a second spike of cases, they're not having a second spike of death. So basically, when we talk about infection, if we're going to be exposed to SARS virus, let's make sure that exposure is to our intestinal tract, not to our muscles. Because just shooting it in your muscles is not, has never been proven to protect your lungs. And the idea that we can just sit around and wait till an intramuscular vaccine works, you may be waiting forever because intramuscular vaccines don't work. Well, that's a great explanation. And I want to uh, say that you've done significant work with inoculation and that everybody needs to know about it as an alternative method of dealing with the pandemic. And if you're listening today, please pass this information along to all your friends and neighbors and family members, and they can hear Mark talk about it uh, on my podcast, which is uh, 
www.freedomfromaddiction.libson.com. He's spelling Libson, L-I-B-S-Y-N, no spaces, lowercase. And uh, tell as many people as you can so that they can uh, become aware of truth just below the surface. Now, Mark, you were the original person that developed a process of gastrointestinal inoculation and uh, this has not been in the in the media what we're doing now is the opportunity to spread this word to the world and they're not going to get it from uh, abc news every day well how are so, we going to make sure that we could do more testing of this what's your goal for that I think you're going to see, Neil, what you're going to see is in just a month or two, you're going to see one of the big pharma companies come out with a oral live virus or oral attenuated virus in a capsule to swallow. The tragedy is that was actually presented to the, to, I presented those ideas to the U.S. government. And initially they chose to go with their friends, big pharma, that were really into big intramuscular injections and they delayed that oral oral virus for months and months even if i had talked to the government repeatedly about it so and you won't hear about that it'll be done probably quietly they'll introduce oh guess what we six months from now or, or three months they'll come out and say hey now we got a capsule that's got live virus or attenuated virus and hey just swallow this capsule and you'll do just fine and here's one of the other things you'll see, Neil, and here's one of my predictions. When you swallow that capsule, you're not going to have the body aches from shooting it into your muscle. That was just a, this idea that you take an IM vaccine and shoot it in people's muscle. They get fever and body aches for a day. That is just plain unpleasant, unhealthy. That is a no-no. Uh, and that's not to mention the people having Auto, severe side effects. It's not, that's not going to work. But, you know, things get momentum. After billions of dollars are spent, so much is invested, people don't like to come out and admit the truth. But that's the truth. So, um, Mark. Yes. What you could recommend is within your family unit, you're sitting down, eating food and everything, passing it around, that this is a safe and effective way of getting immunity uh, from the... Absolutely. And, and here's what I would do. Let's say knowing everything I know now, if I'm going to Thanksgiving with a family member and I want to... And Thanksgivings are very important family times. They're times in which they say, we're a family unit. We live together. Or if your spouse has the virus, don't leave the house if they're your, your spouse. Instead, you can take some of their saliva, put it in a capsule and swallow it and inoculate your own intestines. And you can do that every eight hours. And sooner or later, about three days later, you should experience a brief episode of viral gastroenteritis, which is like a stomach cramps and maybe one loose stool. And once that happens, three days later, don't take any more of their, of their saliva. If that's your immediate household member, if that's your wife, I kiss my wife all the time. Any virus that she has, I'm gonna get it. So for the, so for realistically, I don't have to worry about other viruses if I'm already kissing it. So if the person that you kiss already has the virus, don't stop kissing that person. Instead, just put their saliva in a capsule and swallow it three times a day for three days. If you get a little viral gastroenteritis, a little loose stool on the third day, that's when it reaches your stomach and you don't have to take any more. And one thing uh, that we ought to say is that if you're going to do that to get this uh, immunity into your small intestine there's a safe drug that you can take and it's called pepsid 
and you can get it over the counter and the dose is about 80 milligrams three times a day. It will cut down the stomach acid and uh, allow the inoculation to get past the stomach. Um, That's correct. So, your, stu your stomach acid reduces the viral, viral load that reaches the intestines and the pepsid helps more of the virus actually reach the small intestine. That's the reason why that taking Pepsid during an acute infection will actually help auto-inoculate yourself. You know, when we say inoculation of the digestive tract, actually almost everybody who gets SARS in their mouth is actually swallowing that virus and it's going down to their intestinal tract. Everybody is really inoculating their intestinal tract. But you want that virus to reach your intestines alive so it can reproduce and your body can mount an immune re response. So by far, it is, it is generally safe to take a capsule with saliva that you swallow three times a day from somebody who has SARS-CoV-2 if they're an immediate member of your family. So yes, you know, it is safe to do in general. Uh, yeah. So the concern I have, Stephen, let's just say I went on Twitter with this tirade right now and said, you know, what? Yes. we have another option. Would Twitter ban me? Would Facebook ban me? Would they fact check me? This is a question I'm asking because, again, this is what the battle is when we're trying to come up with an alternative yes. uh, way to treat COVID-19. I, I would like to say that you already know the answer to that question. Um, those not necessarily, not necessarily. Stephen, have you tried that? What's happened? Have you gotten the backlash? I have not put it on Twitter. And I have not, I have put it out on YouTube. And in fact, on YouTube, there is an actual video of me swallowing a capsule of saliva that has the SARS-CoV-2. So that's actually been done on YouTube. Believe it or not. And what, but and, so you should tweet and, that. You should tweet that on YouTube, your YouTube link, and then on Facebook, and yet find somebody like a Breitbart or somebody else and see what the heck they do. Because yeah. I, this, the concern I have is when this is the thing, we're, we're, we're coming up with all these great ways to treat COVID 19. We could just open up the country, wear masks, six feet social distance, make sure that we're pretty careful. And go back to normal again. Go back to our normal days, normal situation because of some of the treatments we have. But they don't want to do this. That's right. They don't. The powers that be, it's really a form of social control. They want to control the people. It's not just about health care. It's about having control of people. There are solutions. And historically, inoculation was done before vaccination was present. Inoculation for smallpox was done for hundreds of years before vaccines were available. And yet, here, here we are again, they would not e the CDC would not even consider inoculation. They didn't fund it with one dollar. Not one dollar went to inoculation, even though it was the historical answer before vaccination. What the CDC did fund with billions and billions was the traditional intramuscular vaccines, vaccines that will not work, vaccines that will have severe side effects. So yes, and then do they come out and say, oh, guess what? We were so cozy with the big industry and big pharma, and we, we, wanted, and we wanted to control the American people. They won't tell you that, but that's exactly what went on. Um, so we know that most of the information that we get from the media, CDC, WHO, and, and the like is not going to be favorable to something that will stop the pandemic. There have been more than one things that would stop the pandemic and you can't get any traction because there are people and organizations that don't want pandemic to be stopped um, for political reasons or for whatever. And so you just have to, to see where the truth is and
to try to get people to understand the truth. And that's, that's what we're trying to do here with this program. Absolutely. And the concern I have when is, let's just say we wake up and Joe Biden's president on November 3rd. He wins. Will they re reduce restrictions and open back the country, up back the country again with social distancing, the Democratic governors, right? And masks and kind of ignore everything that they were doing in these restrictions or they, they still want to control the rest of the time. Time will tell. And that's, we're going to find out very soon in a couple of weeks, if we're going to be in very restricted times till they get the vaccine they want to control us or not. And that's why we have a show like this when truth just below the surface, for sure. Well, Neil, you've heard uh, Joe Biden say that if the scientists, meaning uh, Fauci and his bunch and everything, say that we ought to go into lockdown, they're going to do that. And they've already said they're going to do that. But in Sweden, where they didn't have a lockdown and didn't have all these restrictions and everything, they got herd immunity and they, their death rate is considerably lower than it was in the United States. So can we not learn from history? Can we not learn from other countries? We have to continue this thing that they're going to try to get us to do that's not effective? That's my question. Hey, Neil, when I take the capsule on YouTube, it's an enteric coated capsule. Literally, Amazon has like a, you can got, buy 500 enteric coated capsules for maybe $15. So if you take one capsule every eight hours that for three days, that's nine capsules. It's a total of less than 20 cents worth of capsules. And if in those capsules, you have saliva that contains SARS-CoV-2, it is highly likely that you will achieve inoculation. And if you achieve inoculation, you may know it usually on the third day after starting the capsules because you'll have a brief episode of loose stool or stomach cramps, and that should be about the limit of it in most cases. Now, I would only collect samples from people that are healthy, like your wife, uh, I certainly wouldn't try to collect a sample of saliva from somebody who has sores in their mouth or swollen lymph nodes. Uh, most of the diseases that you can catch by kissing are fairly benign. In other words, young people catch mono. However, when young people go to college, they kiss a lot of people often. They don't come down with any fatal diseases. They can get herpes of the mouth if they don't inspect the mouth of the person they're kissing. So, uh, you know, there are a few minor viruses that can be caught from saliva, but most of the things are not that, that serious at all. So, uh, can, I, uh, can I interject that if you're not inoculating yourself from a family member that you know not to have other illnesses, like herpes, uh, cold sores, um, whatever, then you go to your family doctor and see if that person can be examined. Uh, you know, that you don't just rush out and take anybody's saliva. And literally, you could take a cyclovir for any type of the herpes group anyway. So a cyclovir and take a little antibiotics along with your, 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 your samples. And that, if they did have a bacterial infection, that would help pr protect you. And I did that. Uh, some of my samples came from donors that were not my family members. And I, I swallowed saliva from probably at least three, four people that were not family members. And so I took some acyclovir, which is as well as some um, augmentin, which is like uh, uh, amoxicillin and clobulinic acid. So I took some antibiotics and acyclovir, which is an antiviral for herpes. But if you have a healthy donor or a donor that already, if, it's their, if they're your spouse, if you eat, af eat food after them, 
you're going to get their viruses anyway. So you're not exposing yourself to anything new except the SARS-CoV virus. All right. And if you're doing that for up to 10 days, you should be on Pepsid. Yes. By taking the Pepsid, more of it will reach your, your small intestine. Should you stay on Pepsid for, for a month at a time? I would not. There is a shortage sometime of the Pepsid, and you need to make sure you have the Pepsid available in case there's older members of your family uh, that are in their 60s and 70s and 80s that might need to take it. So I would not stay on it non nonstop throughout the entire pandemic. I just wait until you thought that you were exposed. Oh. Well, Mark, you've, you've brought us a lot of uh, great breaking news, uh, truth just below the surface today in this program, and we'll have another program next week. Uh, is there anything else up to this point of our discussion that you think has not been clarified or that you have some question about wanting to say something else about? You know, I want everyone in the audience to know Technically, I'm not licensed in their state. I'm licensed in two states, but this goes around the world. The best thing to do is do exactly what my family did. They, my family knows my education. They've seen me practice medicine. When my family saw me inoculate myself, my family said to themselves, that was easy enough. My family knew that they were going to be exposed. And so my family said, you know, that sounds easy enough for me. And they decided to inoculate themselves. Learn from the experience of others. Get your physician involved in our websites and studying them. www.digestivecovid.com and www.antivirusair.com. They will see on those two websites scientific data that they're not exposed to in the mainstream. And when your physician does it, guess what? His, his family will probably do it too. And if his family does it and you hear about it, guess what? You can jump on the bandwagon. Don't be afraid to eat food at Thanksgiving that was made by people who had, were exhaling virus all over it. It's not the virus you eat that makes you sick. It's the virus you inhale to your alveolus. And if you just eat it, you are going to do just fine. Does that make sense? Wow. Okay. This is great information, Wynn, and uh, great show. Again, uh, go to RevWynnHendersonMD.com for more information. And then also, you're, and check you out on, on Lipson as well, right, Wynn? Absolutely. That's uh, important to, to go to that uh, podcast and to subscribe to it. Of course, you know it's free. And then you will get the, the latest information, the breaking news on this and other problems that, that you have in your life. And it's been a blessing for me to find you, Neil, that can promote this uh, to over 150 uh, markets around the United States. And for uh, people like Dr. Mark Hayden, who know the truth and are willing to to say the truth. Um, and so I'm just blessed to be in this situation. And thank hey, hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Can you ask what your listeners can do too is what can they do? can ask their congressman and their senator to study those two scientific websites. And they can ask their senator to ask Fauci in plain English have intramuscular vaccines ever been proven to protect the lungs? And if he can't give an honest answer to that, that's tragic. And then they can ask their senator to say, get us an oral vaccine that we can take as a capsule that's not going to have the side effects, that's going to provide immune experience and immune development for our intestine without the side effects of the intramuscular vaccines. They, can, they need to demand that. And if they don't get that, then they can resort to their own solutions. And I appreciate you having this show, Neil.
hey, you know, it's exciting and we just keep picking up new markets every day all over the world. A station in the UK is hearing this too. So everyone in the world's hearing what the United States is going through. And uh, I appreciate both of you and I appreciate this uh, segment. So guys, take care. And Neil, as a disclaimer, always speak to your physician about anything medical. Oh, absolutely. Always, you got, you have always to follow your doctor's advice just because your, your physician is supposed to be your best friend, your advisor, your trusted, your trusted advisor. He's your best source of information. And right. thanks, thanks, thanks for your time, Neil. All right, guys. Okay, that was Truth Just Below the Surface, Freedom from Rejection, and the Neil Haley Show simulcast. Take care. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.